Mask Radio Influence, podcasting redefined. Hey gang, Captain Mike Anderson here with the Real Animals Podcast, presented by my good friends at Contender Boats. This week, uh, I have just an incredible opportunity to talk to my good friend Builder Brock. He is the head of content and partnerships with Waypoint TV. You can go to waypointtv.com and check out this great digital service, uh, years 11 and 12, seasons 11 and 12 of Real Animals TV are up on Waypoint now, looking forward to putting season 13 up there shortly. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoy doing it. Joining me here today is uh, my good friend from Waypoint TV. He's the head of content and partnerships with Waypoint TV. You can check it out at waypointtv.com. He is Builder Brock. Builder, how are you, buddy? Doing well, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I really appreciate it. So it was interesting. I was doing my homework kind of on Waypoint TV a little bit. And, uh, you know, with season 11 and season 12 of Real Animals being on Waypoint, you'd figure I'd have done the homework before now. But a little background homework. And uh, I didn't realize it was located in Tennessee. I, I, for some reason, thought you guys were down in the Keys. Yeah, it is. So we um, we set up shop here in uh, here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and um, part of the reason for that is because uh, I it's where I where I grew up originally. So I'm from here in Chattanooga, and um, Chattanooga is an awesome place to uh, to start this kind of company, man. It's uh, it's got three mountains surrounding it, and it's got a river going right through the middle. Right. And uh, so it's got a really really cool just out outdoorsy. Uh, community here a lot of people into fishing and hunting and climbing mountain biking uh, but it also has a you know, really bubbling tech scene honestly so it's uh, it's it's fun because you know our business uh, is kind of a blend of, of digital streaming technology and the outdoors and so it, it really fits nicely with with Chattanooga's DNA um, so yeah, it's it's we we started out originally, you know, when I was living down actually in Isla Mirada, Florida, in the Keys, and uh, and then really when when things started taking off here at Waypoint, we said, uh, you know what, it's probably probably a good time to uh, move it up to, to somewhere where there's you know a little more people we can uh, we can hire and and uh, better internet. Than, uh, than in the keys, so that was that was part of the part of the reason. <laughs> okay, so have you been there since the start? When was when was uh, I couldn't find a date for when Waypoint TV was launched. When was the what's the birthday for Waypoint TV? The birthday when, when we when we officially launched our uh, our app was January of 2016. Okay, so we're a little little over three years old now, and. And yeah, I've, I've been there from, uh, from the beginning. It's, it's funny just how things, uh, grow and change. I mean, I remember just starting out, it, uh, felt a little more like a, like a school project. Um, you know, it was, was just recently, uh, graduated from, from college and, uh, was, was working a job and, and, uh, you know, really the, the idea came along and I remember initially it was, yeah, again, it, it felt, felt kind of like a school project where it was, uh, you know, just, just me pretty much. And, uh, a couple, couple guys building the technology and, uh, 
and then things things grow and change and uh and, and now we've got a pretty awesome team and um we've obviously grown up um out of out of infancy stage sure and uh yeah yeah it's been good so let me ask you this you mentioned college how does a how does a boy from Tennessee, from the beautiful state of Tennessee, where they have rich college tradition, end up going to the University of Georgia? <laughs> How does that happen, bro? Well, let's uh, <laughs> let's start with so so. I, I grew up in Chattanooga, Tennessee, which is right on the the corner of the Georgia and Alabama state lines. And, uh, and so I actually grew up on Lookout Mountain, Georgia, which is right across the, the line from Chattanooga, Tennessee. So University of Georgia was, was in-state tuition for me, made it uh, very affordable. And, uh, and that, was, that was something that was important to me. And, uh, and I got to say, um, you know, Knoxville, University of Tennessee was kind of the other option. And... Uh, I think Athens Athens has a lot on Knoxville, so I'll just I'll just leave it there. <laughs> you don't have to be nice on this uh, this podcast, my friend. You can you can let it eat. If you're a bulldog, you're a bulldog. I just thought that was interesting. I thought, man, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and and uh, and the University of Georgia. I was like, how do you end up there? That's pretty uh, that's pretty interesting. So I'm assuming that in order to make this whole thing go and, and do as well as you guys have done with Waypoint TV, you must have some love of hunting and fishing in your blood somewhere. I would just, I'm guessing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what's, what's interesting though is, is, uh, is I didn't actually grow up as a, as a kid having much fishing and hunting in my immediate family. So Mentioned that you know my my dad, my brother, my granddad, none of them really uh, grew up fishing and hunting, and so I really wasn't exposed to it from my immediate family, but I was from my uh, my second cousins and and some friends, and so that is really you know a, a part of what makes me so passionate about the outdoors is. For me, you know, personally, it was it was so important that someone else really exposed me to it and showed me the way. Um, you know, I, I grew up, you know, again on the back of Lookout Mountain, Georgia. We had a we had a cabin where my family lived, and uh, I'm actually one of one of six kids in my family, and uh, and so my parents are kind of hippies, so we actually grew up back in the woods. And I remember um, running around barefoot through the woods. My mom would uh, would actually, you know, she'd feed us breakfast and then uh, kick us out of the house for the day, and uh, and say, you're, "You're not allowed back in the house until I ring the dinner bell." So I spent most of most of my childhood running through the woods barefoot uh, and uh, and hitting trees with sticks and all kinds of crazy stuff yeah, <laughs> in, a- in my own little world, but. But but the the importance of it for me was was really being exposed to the outdoors, um, as far as you know the, the fishing and hunting side of things, from someone else. And, uh, and so my my uh, really my second cousins were the ones that had some property, had some some ponds back there on the back of Lookout Mountain, Georgia, and uh, and a whole bunch of turkey and, and dove fields and whitetail all through there. So 
they they just continued to invite me um, to participate in those kind of activities and, and really just held my hand and, and taught me everything from how to uh, how to properly put a worm on a hook for for bass fishing from a dock to uh, to you know, how to how to shoot a turkey and and call a turkey in and all that stuff. So really, part of it for me is is uh, I'm so grateful to uh, to have been you know, exposed to these kind of outdoor activities that now I hold so dear um, by someone else that, that, you know, I kind of want to do the same thing for other people. And, uh, and guys like you obviously are some of the best of the best at that. Um, you're, you're teaching people how to fish. You're, you're um, inspiring them to get out there and do it themselves. And so, you know, similar to that, I think there's, there's uh, the true mission behind that and the true calling and so i take uh take a lot of pride in, in being able to do that you know just like you i can't tell you how many times ever since i put real animals on waypoint tv that someone has come up to me and said hey you know for whatever reason my carrier doesn't carry world fishing network anymore or whatever and it's so awesome to just say hey dude waypointtv.com it's real simple you can watch as many episodes in a row as you can stand, and it, it it's just really, really a gift. And I think it's a neat way that you were brought into the sport. You know, when I'm doing my radio shows here in Tampa on Saturdays and Sunday mornings, I try to we try to mention to people that, you know, you may not have kids. You love to fish. You love to get outside. But maybe there's a kid down the street, or maybe there's a kid next door, or maybe your brother has a kid, and your brother works on the weekends, and, and you know the kids are out of school, and he never gets that chance to take them out on the boat or take them out on the kayak or take them down to the park and you know and get them on the water and, and expose them to the sport of fishing or take them on a quail hunt or something like that. I mean, I grew up in central Wisconsin with a whole family of fishermen and hunters. My dad deer hunted and squirrel hunted and duck hunted and pheasant hunted and rabbit hunted. I mean, you know, if you could hunt it, he was chasing it around. And those are some of my fondest memories as a kid was, you know, just following dad. Even before I was old enough to carry a gun, just, you know, being in the boat as he paddled into the marsh for a duck hunt, you know, evening. Um, those are just incredible memories for me. And some of that stuff I don't do. I don't I don't duck hunt a lot anymore. Um I don't squirrel hunt and that stuff. I'm still a big deer hunter. Um, but, but those memories will stay with you forever, and I think it led you down kind of a neat road. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's seasons of life for everything, you know, where, where you live right now and uh, just with your, your busy schedule. Probably doesn't give you the, the opportunity to do as much, you know, waterfowl, duck hunting as, as you like, but there's, there's seasons for everything. And, and one thing you can't deny is, when when you're properly you know exposed to these kind of things, especially at a young age, it uh, it, it really gets in your blood. Yeah, and uh, it's, there's something that's powerful about it. Yeah, I think so. I think like I think it's a blessing if you if you luck into that type of neighbor or uncle or cousin or grandfather. Um, you know that's that's a blessing. It really is. You don't realize it at the time. It's just a trip in the woods as a young fella or young lady, but. You know, as you get older, you can look back and really kind of appreciate what turned you into that, you know, who you are today. So I think that's pretty cool. Now, let me, no let's break, it. let's break down Waypoint TV a little bit here. 
how many how many households do you, do you know how many households you guys reach annually? Oof, it's uh, it's That's growing and changing quickly. So yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't have a, an updated number. I do know um, <laughs> since since we started three years ago, it's uh, it's it's grown tremendously. But the 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 coolest thing with what we're doing is that there's there's really anyone that has access to internet, which is pretty much everyone in America and, and close to everyone in the world now uh, at this point actually can get access to Waypoint and, uh, and, and watch the content, you know, for free. So, so that's one of the things that we're so excited about is we're really not limited um, to, you know, just people who have a certain cable subscription right. or, you know, satellite TV provider. It's, it's really, you know, for us, it's anyone that has access to the internet, and uh, it's not something that's exciting. It's just when you see the the true potential um, of of and who eventually can be exposed to to this kind of content. We we really look at it like um, we 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 hope to be like someone's uncle or grandfather or for me second cousin who um, you know they they came across it one way or another and. And all of a sudden, they were exposed to this, this whole new world uh, in the outdoors. And uh, so, yeah, it's exciting. I mean, at this point, it's it's really anyone with with access to internet can can you know just go to our website or uh, or or download our app. And uh, I want to want to give a quick sh- shout out to our our tech team. It's uh, it's pretty crazy what what they've been able to build. So now, I mean, basically, if, if you if you have a computer, you can go to our website. If you have a smartphone, you can download our mobile app. And then pretty much any uh, any tablet, you can you can get Waypoint on. And then even a bunch of TVs now. So uh, we're, we're available on everything from Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Xbox, Samsung TVs, pretty much any connected TV or smart TV. So very, very impressive in what, what they're doing. And uh, for us, it just goes back to um, just being excited that we're able to expose more and more people to the to the outdoors and share our love for it. Sure, no doubt, no doubt. Well, it's a great place. I, I'm really thrilled to have real animals there. We're uh, we're on the cusp here of launching season 13, and uh, here start a second quarter. So. Those new shows will be coming your way here soon. I'm pretty fired up about it. How many do you know? How many f- different fishing shows are on Waypoint TV? We're we're over thirty right now. Okay. And, uh, so it's, it's I don't know the exact number. It's, it's over thirty, and and uh, I gotta say yours yours is one of my favorite. Your well, your production team is top notch, and I've I've been uh, burning through some of your 2018. Episodes from this past year. You had one that was it was a permit episode that uh, it's really giving me the itch. Tarpon, to go down. Tarpon, and, tarpon and permit out of Captiva with Captain Nick Fisher. <laughs> it's got to be that one. Yeah. Yep. That one was a day. Hey, give me give me a quick give me a, give me a quick update on uh, on what I what I can expect from from the 2019 season. Well, you know, we've been really blessed. Last year was a tough year. Uh, we had a lot of weather issues, and a lot of people did, you know, in, in talking with Rob Fordyce and C.A. Richardson and a lot of the guys, you know, most of us are all pretty, it's a pretty tight-knit group for the most part, uh, especially the saltwater guys down here in Florida. 
uh, Captain George Gods, you know, th- that whole, as a bunch, we're, we're pretty tight. And it seemed like everybody had weather issues last year. Everybody was running behind. Everybody was having to struggle because the weather just didn't, didn't seem to, to go our way. Um, and, and for this year so far, um, and I've got eight shows completely done, and, and we've been super blessed I mean, you know, we were able to do some stuff. Uh, we were able, we got invited. The show launch uh, for 2019 is actually a, a trip down to Naples for the Naples Take a Soldier Fishing event. And um, yeah. I'm an actually ex-military. Uh, I spent almost seven years in the Air Force. So when I got the phone call to come down there and, and they were like, hey, you know, just come fish it or if you're interested, you know, you want to turn it into a show, whatever you want to do. And I'm like, yeah, we need to turn that into a show. Um, I'm going to tell you, Builder, it was mind-blowing to me. Um, busloads of veterans show up to this tournament. They've had the tournament now oh, three or four years in a row. And it's, I mean, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable what they do. The The Naples Grand Resort got involved, and they put all the veterans up at this beautiful resort. They have a captain's meeting there. The morning of the tournament, they police escort three buses, three charter buses right through downtown Naples and bring them to the marina where all of us have our boats in the water and and we're all ready to take them fishing. There's an offshore division, an inshore division, and we absolutely just spanked the big snook, uh, big redfish. We had a, I had a 40-pound tarpon show up out of nowhere that was spectacular right in the middle of it. Uh, we got to spend the day with two incredible veterans uh, from right here at McDill Air Force Base in Tampa, where I live. Um, it was unbelievable. I mean, it was a very moving day for me with the national anthem in the morning and what we were doing there. Every boat in the fleet's flying an American flag as you're headed out uh, out the river yeah. there. I mean, it was just, it was really spectacular. And um, we just had some some awesome, awesome bites. And you know, the west coast of Florida was beat up pretty bad with red tide last year. Um, a lot yeah. of areas, especially down there, Captiva, where South Seas Island Resort is, one of my favorite places, they got punished. I mean, just punished down there. And we've been able to film some ridiculous shows there um, since the red tide, which I think is spectacular. Captain Ozzy Fisher out of uh, South Seas Island Resort there is a witch. I mean, he just... Every time I go fishing with the guy, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> the guy's so talented, and he's so much fun to fish with. Um, we did an offshore trip where we jumped in a big contender and went 134 miles one way into the Gulf of Mexico, into 300 to 400 foot of water, and we're just getting our rear ends kicked by giant gag right. grouper and big red snapper and uh, you know, seventy pound AJs. It was just we've we've had a really that's a that's a, that's a good workout. Yeah, that's we've a had a, we've had a really we've had a really spectacular season. Uh, I always do a bass show. I ended up with my biggest bass ever, a nine pounder. You know, in the middle of you know a fifty bass morning. So we just, I mean, it's been we've been really blessed. Real Animals TV for season thirteen. I'm super stoked. The funny part is, season twelve was such a grind. That at one point in the spring, while we were finishing up shooting season 12, I even told my production team, this may be my last year. I may not do this again. Really? Because it was a grind, bro. We were just, you couldn't buy a break with the weather. The weather was supposed to do this, and it'd do that. And, I mean, we had 
probably four or five days we were on the water that we didn't get the shoot. And that almost never yeah. happens. It just doesn't happen. And it was driving my production team nuts because they're spending a lot of money with the camera guys on the water. But it, it's interesting that everything kind of came full circle. So far, of course, I say that, and I'm actually supposed to film some shows next week, and the weather looks pretty ugly. But, you know, here's to hoping that it'll, you know, that it'll go our way. So I'm excited for sure to uh, to launch that thing on Waypoint TV again. I think it's such a, a unique and impressive platform, you know, to have real animals up there on, you know, when you go to your page and you see C.A. Richardson and Rob Fordyce and all the legendary TV show hosts that you have up there, it just, it's kind of humbling to be in that, you know, unique group. And then uh, being a big hunter, I can, I can lose myself for an entire three days on that page and I can just <laughs> watch hunting shows until, you know, my wife comes in and says, Hey, you know what time it is? Cause you're still watching hunting shows. So, um, it's a, it's a, it's a good way to, uh, to, to, you know, at least scratch the itch enough yeah. <laughs> yeah. to get you, you know, in, into that time of year when you can actually make a trip yeah. and, yeah. uh, and, and do some white tail hunting. Yeah. Well, man, that's, that's awesome. I'm, I'm extremely excited about, about the new season. Um, the, the episode in, in Naples, um, sounds, sounds absolutely incredible. We actually have, um, our, our operations manager here at Waypoint, Melissa, she's, she's, uh, an ex Air Force officer, oh, and nice. uh, you guys, you guys share some of that in common, and and really, we're we're always looking for ways that we can, um, you know, really just show appreciation and and, and support um, you know, veterans that are that are back here in the state. So I, I'd love for you to connect me uh, with with uh, that group that you mentioned, and uh, yeah, obviously sure. they'll, they'll they'll get they'll get um, some some just good good exposure for what they're doing through your episode and. Would love to uh, to help uh, you continue to support them. That's yeah. that's really really awesome. They do a great job. Really it's awesome. really uh, and 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 being in the fishing business, you know, there's a couple of big events here in Tampa Bay, especially with McDill Air Force Base. You know, being right here, there's there's a few that that are veteran oriented um, fishing tournaments that do a great job here as well, and and they're really all over the country now. You know, this has become a big thing, um, but. Boy, I'll tell you, uh, the Lloyds down there—they run it, uh, husband and wife team—and and they have done a spectacular job. A spectacular job. It's a on the inshore side. It's a two-fish deal, so you need a big snook and a redfish. Well, in the big snook and the redfish, we had 66 inches in two fish, and I thought, boy, we're in pretty good shape. If we get beat. And we had a 37 and a half inch snook and like a 28 inch redfish. I mean, we were in, I'm like, dude, we, we are in great shape. And we finished tied for third. There was two other teams that had wow. 72 inches. Wow. Yeah. Two other teams had 72 and then two of us had 66. It was pretty, uh, it was a pretty impressive showing. And then the offshore guys just, even with the red tide, there was still some lingering red tide offshore. The offshore guys just went out there and just wrecked big gags and all kinds of cool fish. So it was, it's a neat tournament. There's no doubt about it. So we're looking forward to getting your, uh, yeah, getting that to you guys and launching that. I, I don't know, 
you know, you mentioned my production team and Colorblind Media, uh, Kevin and, and Taylor Brothers just do a fantastic job. And I know the very first show that I, after I took my show away from News Channel 8 here in Tampa and I gave it to Colorblind Media, they sent me an episode over the first episode we did. And, and Kevin, God love him, he took my whole format, everything I was comfortable doing for 10 years with Channel 8. I mean, I could do a show in my sleep. I was doing 22 a year for 10 years straight with Channel 8. I knew I could do it in my sleep, like I said. And Kevin kind of took the whole thing and just made me uncomfortable. He just took the whole, he just turned it upside down on me and I kept thinking, dude, really? I mean, this has worked for 10 years and you're going to change it up. And he just kept saying, listen, we'll do it, do it my way. If you don't like it, we'll change it and do it your way. And the very first show that they did, I waited, I got it at like 10 o'clock in the morning and I waited until my wife came home and then I, we, her and I sat down and watched it. And the very second it ended, I looked at my wife and I said, that's the best TV we've ever done. And it, it was directly related to making me uncomfortable as a host, trying to pull some more out of me, some different stuff out of me. And then, of course, you know, Kevin and Taylor and Jake and, and Reed over there at Colorblind are so talented and they're such fishy guys that it, it, uh, it makes for really, really good stuff. And, and they do a lot of other they, – they do several other shows. I know they're involved with, with um, your friends at Guidelines TV – with uh, Jay and Jeremy there. They do all their stuff. And, and you know, I, I couldn't high, more highly recommend a production team to get out there and, and film outdoor stuff than those guys. They're just ate up. Those, those, those guys are some of my, my favorite guys to work with. They're, they're obviously extremely talented, but they're also very on top of things. And, yeah. and uh, <laughs> some, of the, some of the underwater shots and in uh, that combination of you know, those – with uh, with drone stuff that's yeah, in your show stuff, yeah. is uh, is is top of the line. I mean, yeah. it's it uh, it really paints a good picture of the full full experience. You, yeah. know, you feel like you're there, and then some. So that's that's really really awesome. We have uh, a- you, you mentioned you mentioned the uh, the the you know, red tide stuff and everything going on last year. That's you know, still still going on, and uh, that's something that. that you know, we, we've been following closely, and I know there's been um, you know, some recent changes. We work with Cabins for Clean Water, and they've obviously been advocating for for changes. Sure. And, uh, and so, I'd love to love to get you know your perspective as as, as someone who's out there, uh, you know, on the front lines, just um, where, where we are with everything, kind of what you see as some of the next. Uh, few steps moving forward. Well, I mean, I think it's important. One of the things that's important to know, and a lot of people don't understand that what Captains for Clean Water is fighting, the outflow from Okeechobee, the overflow, that's not red tide related. They're two different algae blooms. The algae bloom that's coming out of Lake Okeechobee and the red tide algae bloom are not related. Two totally different things. Red tide has been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. It's a natural occurrence. Well, unfortunately, what happens is the red tide blooms offshore. If we get a ton of west wind that pushes it inshore, in included with heavy rains like we had last May, you end up with a perfect storm. We had a very rainy May over here, which washes all of the fertilizer, all the phosphates, all that stuff into our bays our inlets, our canals, and everything runs together then. They meet because of the west wind pushing the red tide in from offshore. 
All that stuff meets, and it and and that's why we had such a bad red tide. I don't know if it'll ever go away, Builder. I don't know if we can ever control it. If you look at the coastline of Florida on the West Coast, I'll give you South Tampa as a perfect example. South Tampa is a huge, huge area, and it was all built to drain to Tampa Bay. The entire heart and soul of Tampa, where a lot of your big money is, a ton of your big money, most of your big money now, it's all green as can be. It's beautiful lawns. Everything's landscaped impeccably, and everything runs right to the bay. So if you get monsoon rains, it runs all that fertilizer and all that stuff right into right into the bay. And then it meets up with the red algae bloom <laughs> offshore, and it's it's just like an igniter. It just turns it tenfold worse. And and if you look up and down the coast, you look at Naples, you look at Fort Myers. You look at Captiva, you look at Inglewood, you look at Venice, you look at Sarasota. All the areas on the water are extremely well-to-do, and they have beautiful yards, and they've been there since way before we ever put in retention ponds. When they built all those neighborhoods on the water 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago, there were no retention ponds. Nobody thought retention pond. They thought, we'll just let the rainwater, which is nice and pure, run right into our canals. Pinellas County over there at, at on Pinellas Point, you, you can if you sit out, you get stuck out there in a downpour, which has happened to me on guided trips before, where we just, I thought we would be safe from the rain and we weren't. You can sit there and watch big drains that are a foot wide dump water right into the bay. All that's coming from Pinellas Point. It's coming from all those beautiful homes on the water where they've got beautiful green grass and it's all because they're heavily fertilized and, you know, all kinds of applications going on that grass to make it look pretty. And if unless you're going to eliminate that, which it's hard to do with the price of properties in those areas, I mean, unless those people go zeroscape, I don't know how you're going to totally get away with it. If you have heavy rains in May and you have west winds in May and June like we've had the last three years, you could be setting yourself up for more red tide. I know that's doom and gloom, but it's the reality of it. You know, the blessing to have in the radio shows for me is that I have had several marine biologists in to try to explain it all to me so that I could understand it. Because if you get going on what Daniel and Chris do with Captains for Clean Water, which I wrote a check out of my own pocket because I believe in what those boys are doing and it needs to get addressed. The new governor's doing a great job on that. But it's not, they're two totally separate things. They're two totally separate issues. And a lot of people just assume that because Captains for Clean Water has done such a great job and it's given that so much, you know, notoriety down there that the minute we got bad water up here that they were tied together. They're not tied together. It's two separate algae blooms. So, I mean, again, I'm hoping the new governor, DeSantis, rode this, you know, clean water thing right into office. Um, I voted for him because I'm voting for clean water because we need it all over the state. The things that are going on for poor George Gods and some of them over on the East Coast, you know, over there in Stewart and places like that where there used to be just acres and acres of beautiful grass flats that are no longer there, all because of the discharges from Okeechobee. I mean, that's some pretty sad stuff, really sad stuff. And it needs to be addressed. It's such an economical boom to the state of Florida, as you know, Fishing in general is a billion-dollar industry here. So if you, 
you know, you take a whack like that. I mean, that costs a lot of people a lot of money in this state. You know, it was a tough, tough summer to have all those people not come to our beaches and not go on fishing trips and, you know, not buy boats and not buy kayaks and not buy paddle boards. And, you know, all that really, really puts a damper on the economy here. So, I mean, I'm hopeful that Governor DeSantis can figure out a way to, you know, cut us some slack. With that being said, and it was definitely the worst red tide I've ever seen in my 25 years of guiding and fishing Tampa Bay, Mother Nature is so resilient, Builder, it's unbelievable. Like I said, I've film shows, film shows in, in, uh, in Captiva down there with Ozzy three months after it was just decimated with red tide and we were done filming by 10.30 in the morning and went to one tree and caught redfish till our arms fell off. Um, you know, I just filmed a show there a couple of weeks ago with Ozzy and, you know, 30-inch snook and redfish and big beautiful trout. And, I mean, you got to run around a little bit now and you have to work a little harder. I mean, in years past, we've shot shows 300 yards from South Seas. It was crazy. Um, and now you got to work a little bit. you got to run around a little bit, burn a little more fuel. But the estuary still has a lot of fish in it. And that's good. Tampa Bay, we're having 60, 70 snook mornings when the weather's right here already. So, I mean, and that's a good thing. And it's a lot of small fish. I mean, I catch a 30-incher here and there. And, you know, every now and then one of my buddies will post a 40. Um, and we've had a couple of big fish on that I know that were close to 40 inches that we lost. But it, it's good to see that we have all those fish to replenish the fishery. Mother Nature just does an amazing things to get this thing right again. So that's a beautiful thing. Let me ask you a question. So what's what's the future of TV look like for the digital world? I mean, do you think everything eventually will go there? Because, you know, the business I'm in, everybody's telling me it's everything's going digital, Captain. I mean, how close are we in your estimation? That's a, yeah, that's that's a great question. And it's one that you know, we, we get asked pretty frequently. And it's also one that, that I spend a lot of time thinking through. I wish I had a cleaner answer than, than the one I'm probably going to give, but, but – when, when we look at it, we're obviously seeing a, a huge transition period away from the traditional cable satellite networks being the main main outlet for watching this kind of content. So we, we are seeing a big transition. That being said, I do think there, there will still be um, – a, a a a real reason to keep the, the cable and, and satellite you know networks and, and that type of viewing behavior uh, going and, and I think there will absolutely continue to be a huge audience that continues to watch that way. It's still an extremely powerful outlet, but we are seeing a, a massive transition and and so when I step back and look at it, you know someone like me who's who's a little younger. I'm a part of the uh, the cord cutter generation, and uh, and and part of that, you know, we look at it and uh, smartphones, you know, we're, we're have been a huge part of that transition where uh, all of a sudden, you know, we can we can watch full length uh, episodes and news and all kinds of things right there on our phone uh, wherever we are. That's that's a big part of this transition. The other part is 
you know, services like Netflix that they really came out and, uh, and frankly spoiled us. And uh, I'll be the first one to say that, that, you know, I've been spoiled, um, from being able to watch whatever I want to watch wherever I am on whatever device, uh, I want to watch it on. And, uh, so really what, what I see is the future is, is, uh, you know, a continuation of what's been happening where more and more people are, are you know, cutting the cord and, uh, and switching over to, to using streaming services um, and, and being able to watch you know, on, on your phone, on your tablet, on your computer, or even on, a, you know, on your TV still um, for full-length episodes and shows. Um, and so, yeah, there's, there's, I think it's a combination of the full-length episodes um like like you, know, you you're so good at um pumping out and then you know potentially some some shorter uh type content that's uh that's put out a little more consistently um that's kind of kind of where i see it going i'm i'm uh definitely the first one to say that you know i i, I don't know everything and we don't have everything figured out um but we really just want to be part of, uh, of helping, you know, really the outdoor industry and, uh, and, uh, all the you know, top notch producers that, that we get to work with really adapt to, to the changes. Sure. I mean, the, uh, the last, last thing I want to see is, um, for fishing and hunting content to, uh, to not adapt, um, to, to, you know, to not cater toward the, uh, the new generation, you know, the younger generation's viewing habits, and and therefore, you know, we're basically not um, having the next young generation exposed to uh, to the outdoors in, in this way. And so that that to me is that that's a, that's tragic if that happens. And so we're we're committed to basically doing whatever we can to to ensure that that uh, that, that doesn't happen and that the new generation is exposed to this, you know, incredible fishing and hunting content that, you know, that, that educates them on, uh, on, on even, you know, ways to catch fish, um, what it's about on conservation, the importance of it that, you know, equips them with, you know, the right gear they need, uh, to, to get out there and, uh, and do it and the right places and the knowledge and then even empowers them and inspires them to, uh, to get out there and do it for themselves and just to not, not just sit there and watch it, um, Live it. but, uh, <laughs> to, to get so excited that they, they can't help but go out there and do it themselves. And, uh, so that's, that's really the, the vision and, and really, you know, a lot of, a lot of our mission behind what we're doing. Well, Bill DeBrock, I really appreciate your time today. Fantastic, fantastic interview. I enjoyed that so, so much. Please, you and your team, please keep up the good work. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Waypoint TV. Again, you can download the app. You can get it on your computer at waypointtv.com. I highly suggest you check it out. Just fantastic, fantastic stuff. And again, like I said, Builder, let me know what I can do here in the future. We'll get you back on the radio show. Make sure people are dialed in to where, when, and how to get all the great programming on Waypoint TV. I appreciate you so much, buddy. Mike, thanks for having me on. Excited about the new episodes and uh, keep keep up the great work of this podcast. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that 
chat I just had with Builder Brock from Waypoint TV. Again, he's the head of content and partnerships there. Uh, WaypointTV.com. You can. I highly recommend you get it set up on your on your desktop at home on your laptop. It's just a great way to get dialed into outdoor programming, whether you fish, hunt, do both. Uh, they have a ton of great programs there. Builder and his people are just phenomenal. So, really enjoyed that very much. Coming up next Tuesday. I'm going to have my good friend Dylan Hubbard from Hubbard's Marina, just one of the very young, inspirational, fish-minded people in the industry here. Captain Dylan's done a great job uh, with Hubbard's Marina and getting dialed in on all of our fishery management issues. So uh, make sure you tune in for that one. That one's going to be a really, really good one. Remember, you can follow me on Facebook at Facebook slash Real Animals. You can follow us on Instagram at Real Animals TV and on Twitter at real animals fish hope everybody has a great week we'll talk to you soon this is an in the trenches with ian beckles quick fix on radio influence now, Jameis Winston in this offseason, I saw a video of him, and I thought he looked pretty lean doing some exercises, uh, plyometrics-type stuff. But I guess he talked to um, you know some people in the media and said he wants to play at 250 this year. Um, I don't suggest that. I mean, at 220-something or 230-ish, uh, I thought he looked like a good enough athlete to endure the, uh, the punishment. Let me tell you something, okay? 20 pounds doesn't help you endure punishment. It doesn't. It just makes us slower. Like, Ben Roethlisberger is a tough dude, but he takes a lot of punishment. Body's beat down. Like, I, for me, Ben Roethlisberger should be lighter and then heavier. So, I don't know, for some reason, maybe Bruce Arians thinks that he should be heavier. I, I don't. I like a spry quarterback that can move around a little bit, get himself out of trouble. Listen, I understand that you have to be successful in the pocket, but... 20 pounds is not going to help you catch blows. You know what's going to help you catch blows is get get a better offensive line and take less hits and get the ball out of your hand a little bit quicker. In the Trenches with Ian Beckles can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.